Good morning. It's good to see you again. Uh, Pastor Scott here. I hope you've been tracking with us in the 40 days of prayer for our elections for our nation. And we're getting closer as things kind of count down. The debates are happening. uh, Things are stirring up. But you know what? God is on the move. And it's important that we as his people pray and ask God to move. Now, the title of this talk today is called Living in Renewal. And we've been talking about in our 40 days a prayer about personal renewal, relational renewal, missional renewal, mission renewal, why in the world are we here, institutional renewal, and then finally cultural renewal, those five renewals. Well, let's talk about what that means about living in renewal and why we need to live in renewal and what God showed Joshua and his people about living in renewal. So we all make mistakes. We all mess up. Uh, Paul said it this way, for all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standards. That's Romans 3.23. We've done this. Now, I've got some quotes here I want to throw up on the screen and let you kind of marinate into your soul. Here's the first one. God's grace extends to us the opportunity to not be defined by our shortcomings, but be defined by our Savior. Not defined by our shortcomings or mistakes, but defined by our Savior, that is King Jesus. It is true we've all have sinned, but we've all had the amazing grace extended to us. We've all had amazing grace extended to us. Now, the question is, how are we going to live in the tension of our failure and mistakes and the hope of grace and success that God has for us and and wants for us? Henry Ford said it this way, mistakes are an opportunity to begin again more intelligently. Now, I like that quote from Ford because looking back, I can see the mistakes I've made and there've been plenty of them. I can see the decisions I've made that have shaped my location and my vocation and my destiny. I can also see the mighty hand of God guiding me and working all things together for good for me because he loved me and I'm called according to his purposes. Now, listen to this. Even my mistakes, God is leveraging for his glory and my good. Now, you've heard me say this. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. And some of you roll your eyes, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, you really need to to gather that. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. There's truth there because it's a shifting of my thinking and in my behaviors that keeps me from repeating past mistakes, that I can live in victory and not live in the repeating of my stupidity. Now, the proverb says it this way. This is very interesting. Like a dog returns to his vomit, is a fool who repeats his folly. Now, I tell you, I've been a pastor for 39 years and I've never used that passage in a sermon before, but I just did. As a dog returns to his vomit to eat its vomit, so does us going back and repeating our folly, our mistakes over and over and over. Now, how do you come back to live in renewed life after you've messed up? What is the reset button that allows you to be defined and refined, not be defined, but refined by your mistakes? How do you restart more intelligently? Well, chapter eight of Joshua is a great blueprint for coming back from a big fail. It's not how you, this is not just a national fail, but there was a personal fail as well. Now in our group material from last week, we talked about the sin of Achan, but let me just, let me set this up. Okay. 
Joshua has fought the battle of Jericho. The walls came down. There was a little town called Ai that was on the horizon that they needed to go uh, conquer that. And it was a small town, about 12,000 people. Uh, Jericho was about 60,000 people, very different. And, and Joshua goes, ah, Ai is a piece of cake. We're not going to send the whole army. We're just going to send a few. And they went out and they got their tails kicked. They, in fact, the only people that died for the Hebrew children during the promised land occupation or the conquest was the battle of Ai. That's the only people that died was the battle of Ai. So they go out and they, now they did a couple of things. First of all, they didn't obey God. God said, take the whole army and they didn't. The second thing is that Achan had sinned and brought retribution to the whole nation by his willful disobedience by taking from Jericho the purple robe of Babylon, the bar of gold, and the bar of silver. He'd done those things, buried in his camp. He was adjudicated and, 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 and dealt with. And there was a pile of stones that represents the, the, the valley of sorrow, the valley of Achor that Achan's body was buried in, that later God would turn into a valley of hope. But that's, that's what's happened. And they went out and they lost this battle. Now, here they were. They needed to come back. They'd made a mistake. So what did Joshua lead them to do on the way back? And what are the lessons we can learn to come back when we failed and live all for Jesus? Well, let's jump into it. Father, thank you for what you're going to say this morning. And I pray that you speak through me. That'll not be my thoughts or my words, but your opinion, your words, not your opinion, your truth. Lord, you don't have opinions. You just have truth. And I pray, Father, that you show us your way that we might live in it. And we pray this in your son's strong name. Amen. God loves a comeback. He loves a new beginning. In fact, the Bible says, if any person be in Christ, is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. God does not look back at your past and your brokenness. He looks at your present forgiveness and your future sanctification or becoming like Jesus. And then one day you're gonna be glorified and live with Jesus. So he looks at, he <coughs> loves a new beginning. Let me read for you. This is Joshua 8, chapter 1. Excuse me, chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear, do not be dismayed. Why did he say that? Because he needed a reminding. They just messed up. Take all the fighting men with you and rise and go up to Ai. See, I've given given into your hands the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and his king as you did to Jericho and his king, only as spoils and livestock, you shall take as plunder for yourselves, lay an ambush against the city behind it. Now, here's the deal. The failure of Ai in the beginning and the dealing with sin of Achan that Joshua had to deal with was fresh in Joshua's mind and was nipping at his heels. He needed God's encouragement to move forward and he got it. I love the fact that when we mess up, the first thing God does is encourage us. He does not condemn us. He didn't say, bonehead, what were you doing? Joshua already knew what he was doing. He had dealt with it. He had dealt with the fact that he wasn't obedient to God in the battle plan of Ai to begin with and not dealing with the sin that Achan had brought and the retribution that Achan had brought. And he dealt with that, but he needed God's encouragement. And God does this for us. He got the encouragement and so it was. Be strong and courageous. Your past and your failures do not define you. Your Savior defines you. Live in the truth of that. You see, God had followed that then, this encouragement with instruction. Now, I want you to hear something. God very rarely does things the same way. 
And he gave him fresh instructions because he's creative. God's creative. Now, one of the great calamities in our church life is that we say, well, God did it this way this time. He's going to do it this way in the future. That's not necessarily true. Now, there are repeatable patterns God uses. He reveals through his word. He reveals through prayer. He reveals through circumstances. He reveals through other people. But God is creative. And he wants us to think with creativity. When I talked last week about the opportunity before us with these church mergers and these things coming together, this is not what we thought of. This is what God is thinking of. And, and we require his creativity to come up with solutions for this. We don't know, but God knows. I am so over my head, but God's not. And so we have to believe that he is creative. Now, as a church, we can fall into the rut of expecting God to do the same thing he's always done. This is the way we always done it. And it hasn't worked. It hasn't worked. In fact, if we can look across the church in North America, we are declining because we keep doing the same thing and it's not working. And that's the definition of insanity, that we're doing these things. You know, God wants to do something in a different way. And when we get into a rut of administration, our denomination, our tradition, really, this is it. A rut is the grave with the ends kicked out. And we die. As we relaunch this church, we have to be open to doing things God's way. And he's doing a new thing. He's creative. And he expects us to adjust to him, not him to us. We do not have a narcissistic God who we rub the genie lamp and he comes out and he says, my wish is your command, which a lot of preachers are teaching today. It's not true. A lot of songs are directed that, that way, that I'm going to win the victory. I'm going to be the victor. I'm going to, no, God is, and God's going to win. And we have to join him, not joining us. If we fail to adjust, then, then he'll move without us. He'll do the things that he wants to do without us. And there's some point in our family that we're so concerned, there's some people in our family that are so concerned about keeping the past as our present, it's keeping us and it's being a hindrance for us to experience God's glorious present and his divine future. Some of Joshua's leadership expected to walk, march around the walls of Ai and see the walls come tumbling down. And this time God had a different plan and they had to adjust to it. In fact, it's a brilliant military strategy that God had. They failed at Ai the first time for two reasons. And I gave you two before, Achan's sin and their partial obedience to God's command. When you follow the Lord, Remember, God's promised Joshua the victory. When you follow the Lord, you find the victory. When God came and encouraged Joshua, he, he, he said, you're going to win this. I've given this to your hand. So Joshua then responded in advanced victory. He responded in advanced victory. Now, I want to say this to you. When you follow the Lord, you will succeed. No matter how badly we have failed, we could always get up and begin again because our God loves a new beginning. Now, put this on the screen because I want you to let this soak in. I've never thought about this. I, I have thought about this a lot regarding several areas of my own life personally. What would I do if I could redo? 
What we do as a church, if we could redo, the good news is that we can redo, we can relaunch. God is faithful to turn our mess into his message. The second battle of AI is the declaration of God for a redo, a relaunch, living in renewal. So Joshua followed God's plan. So Joshua, the fighting man, rose up to go to Ai, and Joshua chose 30,000 men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just just as before, we shall flee before them. And they come out after us until we've drawn them away from the city. For they shall say they're fleeing for us just as before. So we will flee before them. And you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city. For the Lord your God will give it into your hands. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the, the city on fire. And you shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them out. And they went into the place of ambush, lay behind Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. Did Joshua spent that night among the people? Now, there's something that jumped out at me when I, when I read this and I was studying. But Joshua spent the night among the people because Joshua knew that they needed him with them. You see, as a leader, you can get so far out in front of people that they forget where you are. And Joshua was with them to remind them we're in this. And then him being in this gave God the glory as God's the leader. I've said this here at First Baptist Church of Wimberley, that I am not the senior pastor. Jesus is. I'm just the lead guy. Jesus is the senior. And so we respond to him as the leader. Once again, you see Joshua respond in obedience. He didn't delay. He was humble and confident in God, and therefore he led with humility and confidence. He didn't allow the defeat to define him, the first defeat of AI. One of the greatest basketball players who ever lived was Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan used the defeats in his life to propel him for the excellence of winning six NBA championships. Three back-to-back. Twice he did it, three back-to-back. It's incredible. Why? Because he didn't let defeat define him. He let defeat energize him. Now, Michael Jordan has some problems, and you know that, but Joshua had a God who had no problems, and he lived in that victory. This battle was a different approach because God wanted to do a new thing. We must be willing to do things no one else is doing in order to reach people no one else is reaching. We must have the courage and confidence to adjust in God. In 1992, Tara and I left the comfort of the traditional megachurch that was program-driven to reach broken lost people in all places, Victoria, Texas. God did it. He did it. This time, God is asking us to lead you, but it's going to be different than it was in Victoria or different than it was in Canada or Alabama, the other churches I pastored. It's going to be different from that. And it's something I've never done before, but I am confident that God will do it again. It'll just be different. I believe that God is relaunching us and remaking us. It'll be different because God is doing a new thing. 20 years ago, God put in my heart to lead a multi-ethnic international movement for his glory. Last week on Tuesday, I prayed and I said, God, I guess that dream is dead. 
in the last few weeks, he set that vision into motion. I didn't even realize it until uh, last week. And that God started stirring in my heart and showing me, and he's taking on this amazing journey. Now, it's not about me. Through relationships, we have the opportunity to become a church with many campuses across the world. This is a new thing, but it's not new to God. This is exactly what God did with the apostle Paul. It's just new to us. Be strong and be courageous. Let's see what God will do. If you will notice, God only gave them instructions, but he gave them the results. He said, I want you to do this and do this, and this is what's gonna happen. We must hold on to God's plan, not our plan. We do that by allowing his spirit and his word to saturate our minds and motivate our feet. To let his spirit and his word saturate our minds and then motivate our feet. And they defeated AI. Their mistake was turned into a message of God's power. God wants to do the same thing with us. Not that we have been mistaken, but God wants to use us as a message. If he could do something from Wimberley, Texas, what could he do from other places in the world? Anything he wants to. Have we failed to live all for Jesus? Have we been held captive by what we've always done? I don't even want to look at those things. I want to say, I want to look at now and look ahead and say, Jesus, I'm yours. Let's go. You see, renewal will always lead us then to a reset of what matters. Listen to what happened. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel. This is after the victory of Ai on Mount Ebe. Elab, and just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones, which upon no man is welded an iron tool. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. All the Israel, Israel sojourners, as well as native born, with their elders and officers and their judges, stood on opposite sides of the ark before the Levitical priest who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, half of them in front of Mount Gresham and half in front of Mount Eblom, as just as Moses, servant of the Lord, had commanded at first to bless the people of Israel. And after he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curse, according to all those written in the book of law, there was not a word of all the Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before the assembly of God, the, the, the women, the little ones, the sojourners who lived among them. What? Now, some Bible, some theologian, some commentator said, he just wrote out the 10 commandments. It's not what it says. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Did you know Moses was highly educated, was an amazing wordsmith and a great author. And he wrote these things on the 40-year journey. Maybe that's why another reason God extended them 40 years. It took 40 years for Moses to write those five books of the, of the, New, of the Old Testament, first five books. Now get this, the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomos, the second law, Joshua wrote all of it and read it all to the people at this gathering. Y'all complained about 30-minute sermon? Now, the good thing here is that they were sacrificing burnt offerings and peace offerings, so it was a big barbecue. They were cooking and eating meat and celebrating before God, so they had something to eat while Joshua was writing and preaching. 
<clears throat> now, which is really kind of cool because this was a gathering and a blessing. And this is what happened. This is what happened. As they read through the law, they reset their convictions. They reset them. They reset their commitments. They reset them. We have five commitments here that we're going to connect, grow, serve, share, and honor God with our lives. They reset those commitments. We're being connected to God and each other through Jesus Christ and through the church. We're going to grow to be like Christ. We're going to serve God by serving others. We're going to contagiously share the love of God in word and deed everywhere we go. Love the ones who need loving. uh, Help the ones who need helping. Talk to the ones who are broken. We're going to do that, and we're going to honor God with our life. We're going to worship as a lifestyle, where worship is more than just singing songs and gathering in a building. We're going to say, Jesus, I'm yours, and live all for Jesus. They renewed their commitments to live for the Lord. They reset their community. They, put their, they brought their community in the place of a holy assembly to say, this is who we are, and then they reset their vision to live all for Jesus. This is what they do. And it's all because they got their tails whipped at AI. They leveraged a mistake to recast the vision of God. Wow. God is the God of new beginnings. Behold, I am making all things new, Jesus said. Living in revival, living in renewal is literally living all for Jesus. Do not let your mistakes define you. Let God define you. Do not allow your mess to continue to be a mess, but let it become a message for God's deliverance. Do not let your misery define you. Let it become your ministry that defines you. And we as a people, if we have courage and faith, this church, God's church, will be a church that he uses for his glory throughout the nations of the world as we live all for Jesus. Father, thank you for what you've challenged us with this today. And Father, I sense that someone listening to me today needs to say, okay, Jesus, I'm yours. I want to give my life to something bigger. I want you to fix the mistakes and the mess of my past and leverage it into your message of glory. I pray that you just work in my heart as only you can work in my heart. And if that's you praying that prayer, I pray that God will renew your spirit and bring you into a relationship with him. There's some of you that drifted away. You've come cold and indifferent. It's time to come back. There's some of you who said, I really, Scott, I'm really confused about this, this new thing. Are you confused? Or are you just resistant? Let God work in your heart. Oh God, I pray that you will give us your courage to live all for you, that we'll do you, things your way for your glory, not looking at our mistakes, but looking at your message that we might be all all you want us to be and live all for you. And I pray this in your son's strong name. Amen, amen. It's the middle of October and many things are twirling and happening and soon we'll start together and talk about what are we gonna do in our missional movement here to be a church. And, and I'm looking forward to that, those gatherings and I'll be announcing those very soon to you. But until that time, I, I pray that you'll continue to give. You'll continue to pray You'll continue to share. You'll continue to invite. You'll continue to connect in groups. You'll continue to be what God wants you to be. As we live all for Jesus, the future is so incredibly exciting. We see and we seize, not in the rebellion of AI, but in the victory of AI 2.0, all for Jesus. Love you guys. 
and I hope this has helped.